Welcome to the Buran and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each episode, you'll experience insightful discussions about important topics that you can turn around and implement immediately in your business to become a more effective insurance professional. And today it's uh, Chris and I. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Paul. Good to see you again. Absolutely. It's been a few weeks. It's uh, it's a busy time, especially if you were in an airport. It's a, it's a hugely busy time. It is especially busy. I think I've been on the road all but one week since the um, for the last three months. Ah, uh, and and that has to be uh, a bunch of delays. If 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 you've been on the road, I don't think you can have a trip anywhere without a delay at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've spent a lot of time, extra time in airports. That's for sure. Oh man. Well, it's it's like you say, it's great to see you. Happy to that we're getting to have these conversations again. Um, and when you're on the road a lot, I think what we wanted to chat a little bit about today was just um, staffing issues. I think if anything's even more regular than the, the than the delays you get on on the road, it's that anytime you talk to an agency, they're having uh, having staffing issues. And we talk a lot about different things you can do um, e- either with Tracy or some of the recruiting folks. But what is it from just a management standpoint that people do, you know, we, we see yeah. these things, the great resignations going on. What are you seeing out there in actual practice? That's a little bit different than maybe some of the articles are talking about. Yeah. You know, it's been fun being, uh, it's not been fun uh, traveling and spending extra time and extra nights in airports, but um, it's been fun being with uh, my clients all over the country again. And it's pretty universal uh, that this great resignation is occurring and the shortages and all the difficulties and small agencies to ginormous agencies are having the issues. And you know, it's something that they all want to talk about. But one of the things I've noticed, and it's um, pretty black and white, it's pretty obvious. And I was just with an agency this week where it, it was just as obvious. Those agencies that are really professionally run don't have the problems everybody else has with staff. They simply don't have the same level of issues. And so let's define, you know, professional. What does professional mean? From this perspective, what I'm talking about is that they have procedures and that producers even, imagine this, but um, producers actually have to follow the procedures as well. And they have standards and they have standards for their quality of clients that they're bringing on board. And the agencies are truly run as a business. They're not run like the traditional insurance agency where the agency owner has excessive dripping amounts of empathy for the producers who can't sell anyway. And whose argument is, well, if I have to follow procedures, I wouldn't sell anything. Wouldn't it be Better if I sold $5 than nothing. And um, the agency owner goes, yeah, I guess so. You know, these are people that are running as a business and understand that the, the sales need to be um, profitable. They, uh, they run it in a way that reduces their E&O exposures because it's professional. They are, people are educated. They have very good education programs. And 
they have um, they've really built a professional environment. And lo and behold, high quality staff people prefer a high quality professional environment over all others, so they don't quit. It's been really amazing to see how black and white it is. And from the, from the standpoint of what the the you know, different staff people are seeing, I'm sure. I've, I've been amazed at the number of emails I get that want to sell me a list of, you know, contact list of licensed insurance professionals across the country. You can pick the state, you can pick the, uh, you know, the type of license and you get contact information. So that's producers, that's account managers, that's CSRs, that's everybody that has a license. Um, you get those email lists that are, constantly being hawked at you. Uh, recruiters uh, are, are making calls. If you think your folks aren't getting a call from a recruiter, you know, uh, they're, they're out there, they're calling all the time. And it's, it's setting up, you know, what is it that you can do to um, make sure your folks that you have, that you work with, aren't really wanting to take that call? Yeah, there's money there and we'll talk about money in a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's that's one thing that you can only do so much on. But everything else, right, is is. If they're not taking the call, your chances of, of retention go way, way up. Or if they're taking the call going, ah, I know you can't beat what I've got. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the difference is it's pretty neat. Um, so if you have really good procedures and run a professional environment, you're going to have consistency of process. Now, I've been talking to clients about the need for to have consistency of process for 25 years. I built, I've built my own uh, software, my own algorithms to measure consistency of process. And agencies with the highest consistency of process um, have the fewest people leaving um, and not even taking the calls. It's pretty impressive, the correlation. Um, I have a client who always told me that consistency of process wasn't that important. It's more important just that everybody be nice and lovey-dovey. But now he's lost. It, it's a large agency, and they've lost probably 25 30% of their people, including the people that he thought wanted a lovey-dovey relation uh, work environment. It's the consistency of process is the big differentiator. And one of the key parts about this, especially in the commercial department, is when you have consistency of process, you build respect into your environment. I mean, think about it this way. You don't have consistency of process. Producers get to do what they want to do. They walk in last second. Hey, I need this quote. It's a quote that's going to, I mean, that account manager has all kinds of other things to do. The agency's probably understaffed, so she probably has extra things to do. And the producer walks in and starts demanding something out of the blue. That, that's disrespect in and of itself, black and white, disrespectful of that person and that job. If you have consistency of procedure, that doesn't happen. So you have a less stressful environment. You have a respectful environment, and that's hard to find in the insurance world in, in many ways. So those people don't, in those environments, those people don't take the calls, and that's my number one recommendation. 
It's not about money as to within reason. It's about a respectful, positive work environment. I could tell you a story with, with, and what we did at at one point, we had a, a producer that could sell, absolutely could sell, which is very hard to come by. In, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but it was what you described. It was always last minute. It was always, there was no process. There was no procedure to it. It was always a struggle for the, the back office. And so while business was coming in the door, the ability to put it on the books and keep it on the books was very difficult. And we were, we'd have that staff turnover burnout type of thing. Well, we finally came to the the uh, agreement with that producer that um, there was a better place for him than than our agency, and we kind of sided with the the staff and the procedures. Well, that was a hard thing to take from a a, a new business standpoint, right? Because you're losing a producer that could sell, but the morale boost from the staff. I mean, we were even able to recruit other. Um, account managers who says, hey, they knew what had happened because, you know, there was talk about it that you you held the line on that. And we were able to recruit some really good professional account managers out of that, knowing that they were going to have that respect and they were going to be backed up in their um, position. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I was in a, a meeting. I did uh, the, the class I taught earlier this week. There, it was a bunch of people from give or take the same generic uh, geographic area. They all had the problem except one guy. And that one guy had a waiting list of people wanting to work there because it was such a respectful environment as evidenced by the fact that they have high quality protocols and procedures and everybody followed them. Um, and he's like, look, I can pick anybody I want now because I have that reputation. Not only do I not have a shortage, I have the best quality people anywhere in the city. Yeah, I mean, what are people looking for? Well, let's talk about the the money piece just a little bit, right? Because yeah. that is something that mm-hmm. I, I know where we're at. There's a lot of uh, private equity money, investment firms. There's especially, in fact, we were chatting about this from hiring younger salespeople. If you've got a lot of, uh, especially IT places around that have a lot of venture capital behind them, and they're just paying these young kids gobs of money to come sit and make phone calls and and do sales and things that we just, from our cash flow, are having a hard time competing with in the current environment, and even some from the, from a staff. So there's a certain level, right? If you're paying, um, you know, 60, 70, 80 a year, and they're starting at 120, well, <laughs> that's it's hard to close that gap so so money is important but yeah it is where do you see that balance so let's back up just a bit one of the things i see is is that there really isn't a regional uh, wage scale any longer in our world and this really hurts some of the smaller agencies and agencies in rural areas but um, there isn't because the work from home is so acceptable now so commercial line staff um, you know, I think that you're looking at starting people at a minimum of 75,000. Um, if you have a good, respectful environment, 
there's usually a 10% discount at a minimum back to the employer. In other words, people will give up about what I'm seeing, about 10% of the wage to work in a high quality, respectful environment. That's a lot of money. What's furthermore that I really like about it is that with the consulting work I do is that we have discovered that in that environment where we have consistency of process, we can usually save or eliminate, however you want to look at it, 20% of the staffing jobs. So if you save 20% of the staffing jobs, in other words, you need one out of five less people. Number one, all of a sudden your shortage decreases significantly. Number two, you can take that savings and employ it um, by paying the exist the remaining four people or 80% of the people more money to make it you more competitive. And you still have the respectful environment. So your staff makes more money and you have less people to manage and you have less shortages. And it really works out really, really wonderfully. Um, but you have to run that professional environment. That's the price that most agency owners and executives, they seem to refuse to be willing to do that for reasons that just like, yeah, you want to run an agency rather than running a professional business. It's your choice. It's your agency. The, the private equity people, it depends on which private equity firm you're talking about. But some of them get this really, really, really well. And that's to some extent what enables them to pay um, very high wages. It's not just that they're throwing money at people. It's that they actually have a better plan. And there's a number of ways in which they get to the same point, including they just let all the useless producers go because one of the things the smartest, some of the smartest ones have figured out is that the majority of producers don't bring any material value to the renewal process and they haven't grown their book in 10 years. So what good are they? And you can take that money and give it to higher quality staff people who actually are critical to keeping the business on the books. And all of a sudden, you, especially if you have consistency of process and you can pay an account manager $120,000 a year and still be just fine with your profits. But you got to manage it that way as a business instead of, um, you know, some kind of private socialistic cat communist program to subsidize producers that otherwise can't cut it in life. It's kind of that simple. And you brought up a, uh, a key point there with that. There's no more regional um, wage scale. Really, I think we've we've seen and experienced that with either talking to our peers who have lost folks and and where where their people went um, to the calls that I know some of our folks are getting to you know even some of the the people we're trying to look at is that you know it, it, and it's especially not fair if you're in a in a rural area smaller state you know and, and I was just in Florida. And I, I'm driving around thinking, man, I could have an I could have an agency that's a third of the size and, and make just as much money, given the premium vol the premiums that that uh, an account can generate there, versus you know somewhere else. Um, yeah. So it it is life's not fair. 
in a lot of ways, but I no. think you're competing against agencies in those areas that are looking for staff people that will. Oh, yeah. Say, I mean, yeah, Paul, as a side note, though, for all listeners that don't know Florida, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, you, unless you have a really horrible enemy, you don't wish the Florida problems on anyone. And uh, those agencies down there need um, considerable extra staff people right now because the market is a nightmare market down there. It is a horrible marketplace. And um, those agencies are having to move so much property business that the premiums are so high that, but it's being, that any extra profits being absorbed by the extra staff that they need. And oh, yeah. they can't find the staff because everybody down there is desperate to find people that can just move the business. I mean, I don't remember exactly how many insolvencies that they've had in the last, you know, 12 months, but you know, there's agents down there having to move 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 policies. And that's a heck of a lot of work. So let's not let the audience uh, forget about the extra effort that comes with those really, really high property premiums down there. Yeah. And and that that is absolutely true. I I no, I did not uh, want to stay down there and 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 jump into that market. But just from the standpoint of they're looking for staff, desperate to try to yeah. find them, and will absolutely you know agree to remote work arrangements and pay mm-hmm. uh, pay a premium for it. They will. Yeah, they will. They don't have a t- choice right now. Talk about a bad situation. My heart goes out to all of my Florida clients that might be listening really does. So, yeah, I mean, on the wage part, going back to that in general, um, I'm definitely seeing small rural agencies get robbed of high quality staff. They're, they're, they're used to paying, say, 45000 or 50000 for a commercial lines person. And someone in a big city says, I'll pay you seventy five. You get to continue to work in your small town and um, come into the office once a month. I mean, that's like, wow, that's a lot of extra money, right? Your cost of living didn't increase. It's all kind of pure profit to that person. So I, I think this whole situation is really hard on those agencies. But I do think agencies need to be looking at um, greatly, greatly increasing their, um, their wages. One of the, the source I'd encourage everybody to look at, because I think it's the most current and best source out there. The Insurance Journal runs a salary survey by position every February. And um, I really encourage everybody that's listening to go check that out. Look, check out last February's uh, salary surveys. Um, I my find in my consulting practice that most agencies are not aware that the la- that last year's salary survey showed how high staff salaries had jumped. And they do it by position and they do it by region and they do it by a bunch of other categories. So it's it's a really valid uh, salary survey that everybody should look, um, consider um, when they're setting their wages. And it did jump. It did jump. It I did. was I remember being shocked when we when we reviewed that earlier this year. It really did jump. And I've been working with a couple of recruiters and kind of testing the waters as to what they think it is today, right now. For quality people, it probably jumped another 10%. 
maybe 15 in the last six months, nine months. And that's another point when you were talking earlier about you can get some type of a differential by running a high quality shop, by giving people that uh, career progression, seeing that, seeing some type of a future in a professional environment, not just, you know, working for a wage, but really developing Mm -hmm. themselves as a professional. Um, You can make up some of that. Another thing I think that, that we've tried to do that, that could give you some uh, additional, uh, staying power for some of your folks is if you address that salary issue before they get the call, if they're coming to you and saying, Hey, I just got a call from a recruiter and I can make X number of dollars. I really like it here, but you know, that's a pretty big jump. And then you try to negotiate the money. I think you're negotiating from not a very good position because you weren't proactive, you were reactive, but if you were proactive and at least tried to close the gap that's there maybe you don't close it all the way but you've made an attempt i've seen that pay dividends as well because the people go well i know they're trying they're aware of the situation they're trying to make the move up they're they're proactively taking care of me i'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt where if i had to come to you with that i wouldn't be yeah i agree i think that's excellent strategy i think you take what you just explained you take consistency of process and respectful environment and all of that. I have, I mean, I know for a fact when um, I've had the opportunity to work with a few with a few agencies that really are serious about being professional, um, running their agencies professionally, that you can probably save 20, 25% of uh, the number of people you need to employ. The remaining people that you employ, I don't think you have to pay full wages. Um, two, um, you save some money, like you just said, and like I've explained. So they make the remaining people make a lot more money. Um, you don't have staff turnover, and life is a lot better for those agencies right now. They're not stressed out like everybody else is, and it's just a great, it's a great solution for all involved. Continue to run your agency sloppy. Um, Without professional respect for the staff, just is going to increase your EO exposures. It's going to increase your turnover. Um, it's going to stress you out. It's going to reduce your new business production because when you don't have the staff to process it, or the turnover is too high, or you have too many new people, your producers aren't going to be able to sell as much anyway. So, you know, doing things the old-fashioned way just there's not much of a future in it. I know that. That I that concept will bounce off a lot of people's list, people listening, but um, for those that are really listening, that's that's your future. It will work out really well if you take that advice that Paul's sharing and some of the insights I've shared on this. Well, Chris, thank you for that. I know it it really has changed. There's been some some big differences that uh, and movement that I would have expected to see over my career, but it's happened a lot faster than I would have ever thought that it would have. Um, so appreciate the insight. It's more nuanced than we think. And uh, we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen today. And we'll talk with you next time. Thank you, Paul.